0: Mark chapter 16 is where we're going to close things out this morning. And it says this in Mark chapter 16 verse 1. This is when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Siloam bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Because it, it was a big rock, right? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back, and it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. As you would be, okay? Can I just say this just so you kind of can learn something this morning? If you stroll into someone's grave, and you see somebody, like an angel, sitting on the right-hand side, you will be alarmed. I promise you that, all right? And maybe even more than than alarmed. Dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. Which then, that's when you want to punch the angel. Because it's like, come on, guys. What are you talking about? Don't be alarmed. You're sitting here all angelic-like, dressed in white, and you want me to not be alarmed? Plus, we're standing in a grave. So that's just strange all by itself. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen, and he is not here. Probably some of the most powerful words penned in the New Testament for us. He is risen, and he is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go. Tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, watch this, just as he told you. I love that part right there. Just as he told you and they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had seized them and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid this morning as we celebrate Easter and close out our series he never stopped I want to speak to you from the subject just past the credits just past the credits as we celebrate the ultimate victory the resurrection of Jesus come on would you bow your head with me and uh, pray just one more time father we thank you for your word this morning I thank you that it's alive, that it's powerful, that it's active, that it has the ability to transform us from the inside out. We stand here, we sit here this morning in awe and amazement of the fact that you got up out of the grave. And we celebrate, we say thank you. Life and eternity hung in the balance. And because you're amazing, because you're good, and because you're faithful, you got got up out of the grave. For that we worship you. We say thank you this Easter morning. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, and everybody shouted, amen. Uh, show of hands, just a quick, what I like to call a pulpit poll. I do these every weekend. I've now made a name for it, because um, people are like, why do you always ask us to raise your hand? And it's just like, I like taking polls. I like information. How many of you love movies? Okay, cool. See? Everybody look around. Just raise your hand one more time if you love movies. Look around. All right, so like everybody's cool in here. All right, so we're good. Um, I love movies. Uh, let's dig in a little bit more. How many of you love Marvel comic movies? Like, you like the superhero movies? Now the hands go down, all right? <laughs> Some of us in here. Uh, how many of you like chick flicks? Where are our chick flick people? <laughs> Why is it mainly guys? I don't get that. I love, how many of you are Star Wars buffs? Let's get it out of the way. Star Wars people. Okay, a, a few of you. Alright, perfect. Alright, so we've covered everybody. I love movies. Erica and I, when we want to just shut our brains off and do the movie thing, um, she actually, which I'm pumped about, uh, occasionally will fight over which chick flick to watch. Um, she loves chick flicks. I love How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It's, I don't know why. I just love that movie. Um, so, <laughs> you, you can hate me later for that. Um, but, uh, uh, but, Erica also loves to get into Marvel movies. Like, like, she's like, let's watch a superhero movie. And I'm like, sweet. She'll, like, she'll be like, can we watch Gladiator or superhero movies? And I'm like, you just had me at anything other than a chick flick. So, so we turn the superhero movies on. And, and a new kind of trend that these movies along with Star Wars have started to do. You know that moment at the end of the movies after the credits starts rolling? The credits are going through a little bit. And then all of a sudden, there's the secret sauce that comes on the backside right, they give you like a sneak peek into the next movie, right, more movie shows up at the end of the credits, and I don't know if you're like me, but that's my favorite part of the movie. I actually forget about the rest of the movie because I am so pumped at what we just saw at the end. Everybody in the theater, they're like geeking out, and they know they're the ones that stay after. If you're ever wondering why people are still sitting through the credits, that's why. They want every penny of that movie, right? So they stay to the end, and they're waiting for the credits, and, and I'm the guy who'll be like, if you get up in front of me when I'm waiting through the credits, I will sit you back down, right? Do not get up, because there is more at the end of the credits here. And then we watch with bated breath, and all of a sudden it comes on. And there's like maybe a minute and a half or two minutes of extra movie that's highlighting the fact that there's going to be another movie coming or a new character introduced or some sort of new kind of spin to the thing. And they show it and everybody claps at the end and they cry and they hug each other. That's just my theater. Um. (laughs) But what I love about it, what I love about the, the, the movie at the end of the credits is that they're telling you that there's more story coming, and that's what I love. They're telling you that there's, that there's more movies to come that they're going to work, and then I get excited because I get to go home, and I'll ask her like, what do you think they're going to do? What do you think, like, what do you think it's going to be? Like, how do you think this is going to go? And so we'll start the conversation. I'm excited about it, and that's what Easter is. This morning as we celebrate Easter, Easter is very much the same thing. I get excited to celebrate Easter, the resurrection, because it is the more just past the credits. See, on Saturday, everything went silent. The disciples thought it was over. Everybody thought game over. Enemy had won. But guess what? There was more after the credits. Jesus got up out of the grave. There is always more at the end of the credits. And that's what Easter is about. The women who came to the tomb of Jesus, they had no idea that they were not going to find him there. We know that by how they behaved. They went, the Bible tells us, and they bought spices. It wasn't like they used the extra that they had lying in the the house because they're like, well, Jesus is going to be gone anyways, so let's just, you know, bring what's left over. They went and bought new spices because they were going to take care of his body at that point. They were conversing with themselves, how they're going to m- remove the tomb, the, the, the stone. They had no idea that the storyline was about to continue on. This morning, I want us to hear something, I want us to realize something, and I want us to anchor our lives in something this morning, and that is this, there is always more after the credits. You may think it's done, the situation and the circumstance may look like it's done, but come on church, there is more just past the credits. And this Easter morning, we're celebrating the fact that there was more at the end of Jesus's credits, that there was more to the story, that Jesus never stopped, Jesus got up out of the grave. And I know for some of us, that's a hard reality. For some of us, we are sitting in here this morning, whether it's our 8.30 service, are are soon to come. Eleven thirty service. So right now, there's going to be those of us who are going to be sitting in church this morning, saying, "Well, I'm here because someone drugged me here, or I got duped with free food afterwards, or whatever it may be." Because the 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 resurrection is a complicated idea, and I wish this morning I could talk to you scientifically, but that waved bye bye to me a long time ago. <laughs> I wish I could could do all the different things that people attempt to do to to prove something, but there's there's this idea that I've taken solace in, and that's this. If I can fit God into the box of my mind, we've made him up, and he's not true anyways. See, there's an element of faith that has to play out here. And Scripture tells us that Jesus got out of the grave for you and I, as if the cross wasn't enough. He had to get up. He had to keep going. Why? Because Jesus never stopped. He never stopped. And that's a pretty important truth for us to understand this morning. So what I want to do is I want to take a look at three things that we learned from the resurrection. And Jesus never stopped. And come on, can everybody shout number one for me? Number one. The first one is this. Jesus never stopped so we can keep going. Come on. Jesus never stopped so we can keep going. I think if we're all honest in here. There's probably been a moment in each of our lives where we've wanted to give up. Come on, if I were to take another pulpit poll, which I won't do in this moment, there's probably been a moment that you've wanted to throw in the towel. You've wanted to give up. I know I've had handfuls of moments. If I'm really honest with you, there's been even recent moments where I'm just like, man, this is so frustrating. Life is so hard. We're trying to buy a house right now. You want to throw in the towel first go. It is insane out there, right? And so there's moments where we're like, okay, we're selling our house right now. Are we going to be homeless or are we, going to, are we going to live in a box? We've had people in the church be like, you guys can come live with us. And I was like, you don't want this crazy. You don't want this crazy. <laughs> Trust me. But maybe it's even more, maybe it's deeper than just buying a house or something like that. Because, yeah, we could all get over that. But maybe there's been other moments in life where you've wanted to get up, give up. Maybe there's been moments where your addiction's been getting the best of you and you wanted to give up. Maybe there's moments where the marriage is just not working and you wanted to to give up. Maybe there's been moments where your past is haunting you and and, and it's getting closer and it's closer and it's creeping up on your heels and you just want to, you want to hide, you want to give up. Come on, can we all, can we all just come to this place where we've wanted to throw in the towel at one point or another? The job's not working, this isn't working, being in Utah's not working for some of us. I don't know where you find yourself at. This morning, but we need to know something. Jesus never stopped so that we could keep going. There's more to the storyline. There's more to the storyline of your life. Come on, there's more to the storyline of your life. There is a storyline after our failures. There is a storyline after our sin. There is a storyline after our divorce. There is a storyline after our addiction. There is a storyline after our rejection and after our pain. There is a storyline after our fear. There is a storyline after our shame. There is more to come after the credits when we've lost that job, we've had to foreclose. There is a storyline after death. Come on, there's more at the end of the credits. There's more at the end of the credits. The resurrection of Jesus tells us that he never stopped so that we can keep on going because there is more at the end of the credits. And I think that's what Paul the Apostle was driving at when he penned the words of Romans chapter eight verses 28 through 30. He said this, and we know that for those who love God, come on, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Have you ever been amazed when something works out? Yeah. Right? We're trying to sell our house right now. And uh, the past week, or a couple weeks, we've had to get our house ready. And uh, Erica left me. Went to Phoenix and just hung out for a few days in the sun. And left me with the kids. And um, all the house duties and it was rough, it was a rough week, no, she, she was gone and she's like, babe, you're, you're an amazing husband and I can't believe I got you and, uh, so, thank you for all that you do, but she, uh, (laughs) so she left and went to Phoenix and was at a women's conference and, and doing their thing there, and so I had the kids and had to get the house painted and ready and all fixed up, And oh my gosh, you have no idea. See, if she would have been there, it would have been crazy because when I get going on work, it just blows up, right? There's paint everywhere, there's cans everywhere, there's stuff everywhere. The kids, I wasn't even really watching the kids. It was just like, Lord of the Flies. (laughs) It was bad. And then a week and a half later, the we get the pictures from the real estate company who came and took pictures of our home and we're like, go, it came together. <laughs> wow. Isn't it amazing how what ultimately in the, at first go looks broken and busted up and messed up and then all of a sudden just a few days later, a few weeks later, you look back and you go, wow, it came together. Yeah. It came together. Why? Because God works things out for good. And that is the storyline of our lives. You could be looking at a situation right now that does not look the best. The paint cans can be everywhere. The kids have not showered in a week. Things are going crazy. Everything's messed up. But come on, give it a little bit more time. There is a storyline just past the credits. There's more to our life just past the credits. And the resurrection shows us that. That there is always more to the story. Number two, every shout number two for me. Jesus never lied so we can keep believing. Jesus never lied so we can keep believing. Mark chapter 16, verse 7. But go, this is the angel speaking, I love this. Tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Mic drop. Just as he told you. Come on, have you ever had somebody tell you something that was just too crazy to believe? Have you ever actually been baited into an infomercial before? You laugh because you did. (laughs) You're like, oh, dang it. (laughs) Were you like me and you wanted that ab machine? (laughs) All you do is roll. (laughs) It works. (laughs) And you can't believe it. You're like, really, you're trying to sell me this? You You can't believe, but then you're like weirdly attracted to it. Right, And the storyline of Jesus absolutely is unbelievable many times. Wait a second, you're proposing to me that this man was fully God, fully man. And he came, he was sent incarnate Jesus, and fully God, but still man incarnate. Walked uh, the earth, did his ministry, did life, and then ministered for three years. Died upon a cross to fulfill prophecy so that ultimately he could defeat death, hell, and then get up out of the grave and then ascend into heaven. You mean he did all that? That's insanity. And we can think that way. But then when we really dig into it, there's moment after moment after moment and proof after proof of after proof of Jesus is who Jesus said he was. Check this out. It's harder for me to believe that a fully functional 747 airplane could be built out of a tornado just flying around in a junkyard. Think about that. We think that the cosmos and the universe and everything in it I have a tendency to think that it takes more faith to believe that that just happened out of nothing than it did by an almighty creator. And so when I come back to the Bible, when I find myself in Mark, when I find myself on Easter weekend, I come to this place of going, oh my gosh, he didn't lie. So I can believe. Has somebody ever lied to you before? Has your kid ever lied to you before? For the parents in here? Some of you are like, I don't even have kids, so pass. <laughs> I remember my kid lied for the first time. Erica was devastated. She actually lied. He actually lied to her, not me, about food. And uh, she's like, you need to eat your dinner, son. And he was just not having it. And so he's sitting at the table. She's like, you need to eat your dinner. So she walked away. Three seconds later, he came back to her and she's like, he's like, dinner's done. Wait a second. Some suspect here. So she went to the garbage can and found the dinner in, in the garbage can which she told me this, I was like, man, that's pretty sly. (laughs) No, bad, don't do that. (laughs) She was devastated at the fact that our son just lied. We're trying to figure out where this came from. Who who in our family lies? And I'm like, I don't lie, ever. He got it from you. I mean, (laughs) lying messes things up. But see, Jesus getting out of the grave, resurrection, revolves around the simple fact that he never lied. He had to do what he said he was going to do. Why? Because he's faithful to complete his promise. Listen to Philippians 1, 3 through 6. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this. Come on, Paul was unsure about a lot of things, but he was sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's faithful. Come on, turn your neighbor this morning and say he's faithful. Faith. See, the very nature and character of God is tied to this moment in history. If Jesus didn't get up out of the grave, then he was a liar. But he can't be a liar. He is bound by his word. So that which he says he has to do. Come on, somebody, there's some promises that have been made over your life and in your life. And you gotta know this morning that he's faithful to complete that promise. And the situation may look dim and it may look not like you wanted it to, but come on, he's gonna see you through to the end. Why? Because the There's more just after the credits. There's more just after the credits. See, God's word stands, and his promises are dependent upon himself. It's reliable, it's secure, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever, the Bible tells us. It's the solid rock on which I stand. I wonder what our lives are built on this morning. I know for me there have been many moments where I found my life built upon things that at the end of the day waste away. My life has been in moments built upon promises that would eventually be broken and things which I thought were true turned out to be a lie. But I love it. He is not here just as he told you. What promises do you have over your life? What things has God spoken to you in moments of worship, secret places, in moments of brokenness? Where are you this morning? Come on, ever shout number three for me. The last one is this. Jesus got up so that we could keep living. Jesus got up so that we could keep living. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that, watch this, it's imperishable, it's undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, we worship, we get happy, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Come on, anybody been grieved by some stuff and things? The reality that we're faced with this Resurrection Sunday is that our lives can forever be different because Jesus got up out of the grave. I'm sitting here this morning worshiping. Man, what an amazing time of worship. And I was watching the team, and this is just the way my mind thinks as I'm, as I'm worshiping. i found myself once again excited, but thinking, man, I wonder what others in here are thinking right now. And I'm very honest about that. As, as, as leadership, I, I sit back and, and I know that everybody behind me has a different opinion of what's going on. Right? They're like, why are they jumping so much? Are we supposed to do that in church? Why is that guy clapping so loud? And then the person next to you raises their hands, whether it's low mast, half mast, or full glory. Right? And then that's the moment you're just like, what's, go- what's going on? What's going on in here? But there's something deep and profound that's actually going on. What you're watching is a response. You're watching a response to this great victory. Let me illustrate it this way. Do we have any football lovers in here? Okay, a few of us, okay? Pro football, college football, like semi-professional football, flag football. Any football lovers in here? Okay, a few of us. I love football. My brother over here, this is my brother if you don't know, we texted each other this morning and said, hey, let's match because that'll get awkward and so. (laughs) (laughs) We both shopped at H&M. We had the leg issues. It was just... Awesome. He won't watch football with me anymore. Um, He hates watching football with me. He's actually gossiped about me and spread it around to other people. So now I have nobody to watch football with. And I get it, here's my problem. My problem is is that at the first play, like literally my team will kick off, the other team will receive the ball, the other team will run 20 yards, which is really not that big of a deal. And upon that 20 yards, game over, oh man can't believe it, you let them get yards. And that is the rest of the game with me. I'm frustrated by it, I hate it. When we played, my team is Seattle, when we played the Broncos in the Super Bowl and we just demolished, like annihilated, I loved that game. Mainly because I could just sit back and watch and it was awesome. So they won't watch the game with me because I get so frustrated because I, I hate to see my team losing. And then I watch these teams Worship the way they do. Many of you worshiping the way you do this morning, and this is this is what's going on. Because as I draw the rest of the game out, the football game out, my team's down now, and now I'm really angry, I'm really frustrated. They're down by points that I seemingly believe is impossible to come back from. And I'll have a voice of optimism in my ear, Justin, he'd be going, dude, just wait, just wait, time's not over. There's four minutes left. I'm like, there's four minutes, dude. Be quiet. Game over. And then all of a sudden, you've seen this game before. That one play, that changes it all. And all of a sudden, the momentum shift changes and you watch your team have new life for four minutes. And all of a sudden, they mount a comeback in four minutes that you've never experienced before. And you're watching this and this is where my mood changes. I go from, from solemn and slumber and just just, down in my couch to all of a sudden, I'm the guy in front of the TV yelling, come on, you could do this, I believed in you all along. (laughs) The resurrection of Jesus, man, the disciples must have felt that way because they had been following this team themselves. Jesus watching this play out and they're they're watching more and more and they're like man he's going to do it he's going to do it he's going to go all the way this is going to be amazing every promise he said everything that he said would happen it's going to be fulfilled and then the cross and their heads must have just dropped and their jaws must have just opened what do you mean it's over? what do you mean that it's over? it can't be over he can't be, he can't, beat her. he can't be done. Is he done? And Peter, the most faithful, and it's like, guys, I don't, I don't know. It, it looks like it. he breathed his last, guys, I don't know what's going on. And the Bible tells us that Peter and the rest of the disciples, they went back to fishing. What does it tell us? They went back to their old life. They went back to how things used to be. Why? Because they didn't realize that there was more just after the credits. See, Saturday was silent. It was dark. It was lonely. It was depressed. But the angel who spoke to these women right here told them Sunday's coming. Jesus is not here anymore, he got up, why? Because there's a storyline just after the credits and when they start rolling through your life and the credits start scrolling and you think it's done and the marriage is over and the addiction's got the best of me and our finances are never gonna come through and this isn't gonna happen and I'm not gonna see this. Come on, can I tell you something this morning? That there is more just after the credits that he's got a promise over your life and he's faithful to complete it. He's faithful. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what you're experiencing in your life, but I know that I've had my moments where the credits have started rolling, and I was tempted, I was tempted to buy in to the idea that it's over, but this Resurrection Sunday church, can I tell you a truth if you haven't heard anything else this morning? Is that Jesus got out of the grave, And the story is still being played out. The story is still being played out. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me?